Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Greetings, everybody. Uh, today, we have Beverly Lockett on the podcast. She's talking about making your business more organized, how to make it more systemized, her stomp model of effectively running a business, management, and what that sort of means in this context, but also the, the problems that we face as property investors that we don't really look at enough, and how planning uh, and due diligence of ourselves uh, and focusing on working on the business, like reviewing what we've done in the past 90 days, will actually help you grow your business. So this is not, you know, the podcast that you probably want to hear because it's like, oh, this, admin, you know, we just want to buy properties and stuff. But actually, it's super, super useful. So uh, here we go. Oh, I forgot. I'm always looking for new investors to join my earn and learn or to just talk about passive investment. So please get in touch and let's see what we can do. Beverly, welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for getting in touch. I think this is it's probably the first time that we've, we're covering this sort of topic on the podcast, which is awesome, and which is why I was quite excited when you got in touch, because I thought, huh, this is something that's really obvious, but like we just don't do it. Um, I know. And, and, you know, why don't we do it? How can we do it? How can we get better at it? And that's what you are here to tell us, to bless us with this knowledge. Um, but before we go into like the real practical tips and, you know, speaking about management and passion circles and how to scale and the, the problems we're going to face as a business, what is your and your company's sort of backstory? How have you got to where you are now? Well, my husband um, threw property magic at us. Uh, he read it and he threw it across the room and said, you've got to read this. And that was about five and a half years ago. And we read it and we were like, oh, my goodness me. We'd always wanted to do property, but we didn't quite know what to do. And uh, within a few months, he had signed up to the we, we did the day and then he signed up to do the uh, the full mastermind program. And David was an accountant. He had his own accountancy practice. And the thing that got him about Property Magic were that some of his clients were in there as case studies. And he was like, they're my clients. Why don't I know this? I mean, you don't have to be clever to be in this business at all. Uh, and he was um, uh, so, so he really wanted to get to get going. We saw serviced accommodation as a way of getting into property and producing cash flow really quickly. And we were back on holiday because we were on holiday when he read Profit uh, Magic. And we were back on holiday a year later. And he said, what should I do with my accountancy practice? Because the property was taken over. And I said, just sell it. So within, um, I think it was within the time of the holiday, he had put the practice on the market. And then within about six weeks, he'd sold it. So within six months of being on the program, he'd sold his practice, which was fantastic. He came top five. And now if you know the new Property Magic, he is actually a case study in the new one, which is like a, <laughs> a full circle. I love that. I know. I know. It was really good. Um, our son was down in Chichester. He is a sailor and he is absolutely awesome. He has sailed for Team GB at both junior and youth level. And he got a job uh, that he really, really wanted down in Chichester. And we're in, in the Midlands in Worcestershire. So we had to move him down there. And he we didn't know what a HMO was or a shared house was. And we moved him in. And it was uh, illegal. 
and it was not brilliant but that was all he could afford so that's what we put up with and uh, he actually moved himself three times while he was there and each time it was an illegal HMO and there was something wrong with each one and he was having a, a pretty poor time at work this was about three years later and it, the HMO that he was at was really bad. There was a 40-year-old chap who turned out to be an alcoholic and was dealing drugs and taking drugs. And it's not the place where you want your little 20-year-old son to be. And because his work wasn't going well either, he desperately wanted to get into property because he recognised that people that sail are the people that have got properties because if you've got a job you can't go out when the wind is high where if you've got a business you're too busy running it but if you've got property you have the time and the money so he said right I've got to get into this property malarkey but he couldn't get it uh, working so uh, and because it, it just wasn't working very well we said right come home so he came home in January 2018 and uh, we set up Red Door Homes, which was our uh, HMO business. So we'd got our service accommodation business and this was the HMO business. And I said that I wanted to give my job up by June 2018. So we'd set ourselves some pretty high targets to be able to replace mine and William's salaries. Uh, and we, we did it. Uh, and we did it really well and then last year we had enormous growth and now we've got seven HMOs and we've got six uh, service accommodation properties we had more and we've we've got rid of some and we've we, all of the ones we've got now are all, pro are all profitable and uh, we are just about to complete on another HMO we've got another two that are in the pipeline and then I'm looking at another one tomorrow so we've got lots going on in terms of the HMO business we also help to manage a couple of others um, because we're there on the ground so we've had this enormous growth um, and it's because of the way that we have set our business up because I used to be a business lecturer for nearly 20 years in teaching people how to run their businesses better, how to um, uh, I'm an expert in change management and organizational behavior, which means about getting the culture of an organization right, getting the uh, teams working correctly and how you actually set a business up. And with that, coupled with David's accountancy expertise we've really been able to fly with our business because we're really good at the planning process so that's what I wanted to share with everybody hmm. and then these these seven HMOs that you purchased and the and the service accommodations before we get into the, the kind of juicy management stuff and then the business stuff how how did you fund them? How did you manage to, you know, and this is like a huge question, but I guess the the principles of how did you manage to, you know, quit your job in six months? Like what was the sort of, what was the learning or process that listeners can be like, ah, okay, I can, I can apply that to what I'm doing. Well, it's, it's really interesting. We um, have the service accommodation and they're all rent to rents. We don't buy them. And that is a, a, a tactical reason. It's a tax reason because then we can be on the travel operators margin scheme rather than VAT because we, we would be way over the VAT threshold with it. Um, but also it only costs us a thousand pounds to set each service accommodation flat up because of the way that we do it. So you can experiment with the market and see which ones are really good. And it means you're not having a huge outlay in terms of buying a property and then not sure whether it will work for service accommodation or not, which means that we've been able to go into several different areas. 
Now, the HMOs, the first few were all rent to rent because we had that experience and we had that knowledge. So we were just able to replicate that, but on the HMO basis. Now, we did negotiate with the landlords because we recognised that if you are doing anything structural to the property, it is actually increasing the value of their asset. So our rent to rent landlords for the HMOs have done a considerable amount of work to their own properties to bring them up to standard for us. So they have fitted new new bathrooms, new kitchens, whatever needed to be done. And then we have done the decorating and the, the design of them. Hmm. Okay. And I think that's that's quite a, a common and I think it's probably one of the quickest ways to quit your job, right? Is if, if you're mm. buying by if you're buying HMOs, just the you know, conveyancing alone can take three months. So, you know, and f- for you, just so the listeners have like a real example, how long did it take you to go from uh let's say looking for like a rent to rent until you got the keys? Okay. Uh, the first the first few were really long. So, um, our first few are ex-student properties. Uh, they are in Gloucester and Cheltenham, and the Gloucester University has just invested in an enormous amount of student property, which means that the private landlords are being squeezed out of the market. And because of that, there are student properties that are left vacant, and we saw these in the October now, because of getting the contract sorted and the uh, getting the agent out of the way, uh, I know it sounds a terrible thing, but the agent was, was holding things up and the solicitor was holding things up. We signed our first contract in the February and got the keys for it. And uh, Now, that was because they were also doing the work. They had to strip out and redesign two bathrooms for us. So they did that work between the December and the February, and then we took it over from the February. And the second one, we saw at the same time, but we were going to use the same contract. So once we'd signed it for the one, we could then sign it for the other one. So that one happened quite quickly afterwards. Hmm. Okay. So then let's let's get into business. Now, I think property can be seen maybe in two ways. One is like, I guess what traditionally is called a landlord, which is a couple of buy-to-lets, you know, blah, 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 it's a bit of a retirement fund, it's just whatever. It's, it may not be set up the most tax-efficient way, but it's the most sort of common and, like, traditional way. And I think Absolutely. you have maybe the modern generation like us and, like, you know, most people listening, which is the investor, which is hopefully set up in the right way and is a business. Doesn't mean you have staff or, you know, an office, but it's a business. So for you, before we start, what does a property business mean to you? Well, it means that it is something that is being run, that is growing, that is it, it is something that may not be um, passive at the moment, but is working towards that passive element. And it is something that is systemized. If it's not systemized, you're just replacing one job with another. So you've got to get put the systems in place to be able to en- enable you to have the employees or the outsourcers or whatever you are using to free up your time yeah and then you know there's that common like statistic or meme that's put all over social media that something like x percent of 90 percent of all businesses fail in the first three years can you talk a little bit about maybe why these businesses fail and your kind of insight into that 
Yeah, I've done a lot of research into this and um, it's common across most Western societies that the, the reason these businesses fail is because of lack of management skills. And it seems so obvious when you consider it, but if you don't have the underlying management skills to run a business, how are you going to run a business? David saw it a lot with his accountancy practice because he specialised in SMEs as well. He would have people that were really good at their job, but when they had their own business, they didn't quite know what to do. They don't understand it. I get very frustrated when people don't understand the difference between a director and a shareholder or what the actual legal responsibilities of a director are. Uh, and those are just two really small examples. But what about doing cash flow forecasts? They're really important, but people just don't know how to produce them or how do you put the systems in place? People are just producing a job for themselves, which means that they're just and they put all the hours in that you have to put in and then they're not seeing the benefits. And that's why the business fails. Hmm. And, you know, when people think of management, I think the first thing that comes to mind is probably managing people. You know, are you talking about it in that sense? Or are you talking about it in a more broad sense of just managing, I guess, your life and the business? Uh no, I'm, I'm talking about it in a much broader sense. Um, in We've got this methodology that we call stomp because you stomp on your business. So you're working on your business, you're growing and developing your business. And stomp is just an easy framework to understand each different element of your business because you need to have a grasp of how each area is operating. Now, in a normal traditional business, uh, that's not property related, you would have your marketing and sales, you would have your HR, you would have your finance and you would have your operations. And it doesn't matter how uh, that they're all elements of a business uh, are der derivatives of that. So in a very large corporation, you may also have IT, admin, research and development, you know, and people are very specialized in those elements, but they're not specialized in the whole thing. So what Stomp does is it enables you to look at the whole business and it stands for sourcing, team, operations, marketing and promotion. Mm, let's Sorry, not marketing, money. Let, <laughs> yeah, let, was wrong. Let's go through each letter then. Can you tell me a, a little bit more about each one? And maybe if yeah, in in like a what I want is basically the listeners to hear Stomp, take Stomp, but then apply it to their property business. So could you tell us how each letter applies to a property business? Yes, of course. So um, source is one of the most important ones for a property business because that is where you are getting your deals from. So that's the bit that all of the property training courses concentrate on. What strategies are you going to use? Although um, I get I get very cross because it's not a strategy, it's a tactic, but I'll, I'll go into that in a different time. Um, how, how are you going to control the properties? How are you going to get the properties and how are you going to purchase them? But underlying that, you need to know what properties you want. So it depends on what your vision is for your business, depends how big you want to get, depends what your underlying values are. And that can all influence what deals you need and that and how much money you've got. So you know how much uh, what your sourcing should be. Team is how you develop your team or yourself, because you are part of your team, how do you communicate with them? Are you communicating effectively? Is the message getting across? 
every time you have a job that is big, how do you know when you need to employ somebody, either outsourcing or um, actually traditionally employing somebody? How do you know if you've got a job? How do you design a job? Then operations is really important because that is how do you operate your business? How, what systems have you got in place? How do you improve the systems? And it's one of the ones that people fail to look at is the operational side of their business because you can make it really efficient and really effective so long as you are operating it correctly. So this means, you know, if you've got somebody viewing, if you're self-managing, how do you get somebody from being an applicant all the way through to being a tenant? How do you manage the property? How do you manage the maintenance side of your property? How do you manage your invoices that come in? Do you have to sit down on a Sunday night and sort them all out? Do you have a bookkeeper do it? What accountancy practice pra- um, software do you use? And is it giving you the right reports that you need? Then we've got money, and obviously money is the accountancy practice, your cash flow forecast. Cash is king, and if you run out of cash, you will be in trouble. So how do you make sure you've got enough cash in your business? Do you know the difference between working capital and capital? Have you got enough to fund your day-to-day business? Most businesses fail because they are growing and they run out of cash. So it's really important to understand how much cash you've got within the business. Is there a way in which you can finance better and finance out of cash flow rather than spending your capital? And then you've got promotion and you're not just promoting to your tenants, but you're also promoting to potential investors and promoting yourself. So you have to consider each one of those and have an avatar for your investor, your ideal investor, have an avatar for your ideal tenant and then to be able to work out a marketing campaign based on that. And what what should you include on a marketing campaign? What messages are you going to get across? Is your messages being crowded out by too much noise or are you communicating it really clearly? How's that? Good. That was. I was just thinking through my own things as you were speaking, so I just got, got a bit lost in, in, in the business there, thinking about all these elements. So yeah, I think that's important. I think it's things that like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, we, we'll get around to it. We'll, we'll do it. And then because it's like oh it's not the exciting stuff we're not buying a house and stuff it kind of yeah. can get lost and what are i think you call them passion circles yes how does that um, work a passion circle is uh, i mean you can find them if you look it up online you can see loads of passion circles it is um it's a way of identifying um your your passion because if you imagine a, a three-circled venn diagram your passion is what you really, really want to do, what your underlying values are, what will really make you get up in the morning and want to work a 12-hour day, what will get you going when you've come home from work for a 12-hour day and you've still got to try and do something for yourself. And it's that is your passion, your absolute riding why. You've got to have some skills. So that's one of the Venn, one of the circles in the Venn diagram. The third one is your skills. And you've got to have skills to enable you to have that passion. So if the, the example is a starving artist, you could have all the passion in the world for art. But if you don't have the skills for doing a painting, you're not going to be able to do it. That's sort of where I am because I'm not a very good artist, but I do try. Um the next circle along it's in the th- in the three Venn diagrams is a marketplace. So if you have got a marketplace and you've got the skills, 
but you don't have the passion for what you're doing, then you're in this passionless job. And that's unfortunately where I think a lot of us end up being because there is a market for what you are doing. But you, and you've got the skills because you've been doing that for years and years, but you don't have that passion anymore. And I know that's what I felt when I was lecturing because of all of the stuff that was going on with it. I ended up in this passionless job. So those are two. But if you if you imagine the, the market and the passion, there could be a marketplace for, for what you are doing and there could be a passion for what you are doing. But if you don't have the right skills, you are never going to make that uh, business work it, it, it's it's a loss of opportunity there there's a marketplace people want it you've got the passion but you don't have the skills so what you re- ideally want is that little point in the middle where you've got a real passion for what you do where you've got all the skills that you need and there is a marketplace for what you want so that is what what I call a passion circle that makes sense I think yeah we see many examples of that just well just in, in our lives and around us and I'm sure we've been in parts of that circle in, in different parts of our life so yeah it's, it's a nice way of looking at it and I think we may have touched on this throughout the stomp but for pe- you know for the people who are listening who are like right okay and I'm going to get into property or, you know they haven't sort of set anything up yet they're just literally like okay I'm about to set up you know let's say a limited company I'm about to set up a business to to buy houses mm-hmm. are there like a few key principles or systems or things that from day one you you think that before you even do any of the, that fun go buy houses stuff you should just set in stone or set in your uh systems or your routines of your business mm-hmm. so th- one of the key things that you should do is work out your reason why and i know everybody bangs on about this but your reason why is really really important and from that you can work out what your values are because that will underpin everything to do with your business your values and your reason why is you it's your character and therefore it should come across in your business if you are not working towards your values you won't have that passion there and if you think about that passion circle you don't want to end up with just that that passionless bit there obviously you need the skills so you need some training or some reading around the skills that you are going to need to run your business and the the other thing that you can do is set time aside to work out your values and your vision for where you want to go in the next few years and also set some time across regularly now we're great uh, believers in 90-day planning because this is what has helped us with our growth so every 90 days you should take time out of your business and take an entire day and step away from it, step away from everything and just think about where you want to go and what you have done over the last 90 days and are you actually getting there? Because it's only by reviewing it that you can see where things are going wrong or if you need to adjust things and then you can readjust and reset your plans for the next 90 days. So if you're doing nothing else, work out your vision, your values and where you want to go so you have passion and then start to plan it. Mm, I like the the ninety day uh, reviews. I'm gonna I'm gonna do one this week actually because I haven't. I kind of do them. I don't know every week or two in my own sort of head, and then I write stuff down. But I think doing like a proper right, gonna put this time aside, gonna actually go through things, look at every element, look at the spreadsheets, look at you know whatever needs to be done, and actually analyze it. I think that's awesome. Again, yeah. something we should be doing, but we probably neglect as we're in the business. Yeah, too too many people where you you end up firefighting, don't you? Um, you know, things don't work out 
all the time in property. We all know that we end up being problem solvers. Uh, and it's the person that screams the loudest, the job that screams the loudest, that gets all of our attention. And then you don't set that time aside to work on your business. And that's the difference between working in and working on. You need that time away to consider where you are. And you really have to go away from your phones, go away from all distractions and just think about it and talk about it and write it down. Thinking about and talking about is important. Writing it down is absolutely crucial because otherwise it won't get done. Mm. And on that topic of being in or on working on your business, mm-hmm. what what are some of the problems you think people will have or you've seen people having if they stay really focused on just being in their business and just you know doing the job? Well, the trouble is they don't grow. And they end up being a break on their own business because they are so focused on the problems that they don't see the bigger problems and they may go off completely off course. So, you know, we're trained to try and contact these tired landlords who are fed up with running their property portfolio and trying to contact them and see if you can do it. Well, that's just going to be you in a few years time if you haven't, if if you don't do what you um, build the business that you want for the vision that you want and your business will never give you what you want if you 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 can put all the hard work in 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 the world but if you're not going in the right direction it won't give you what you want so you have to completely review all of the time does that make sense yeah it does it does and i think you know it's something that you know when you're working in your business you then like you said right at the start is you're just trading one job for another and that's probably not why we got into property it isn't yeah and and you just end up in that passionless job because you 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 have just given up and that's not where you want to be absolutely and um on on that kind of topic then so we've kind of covered things you should do at the start of your business and and the stomp model how how should we as property investors scale and grow not on the sort of you know property side but i guess in the business and the business management side how should we effectively scale and grow um yeah so to to effectively scale you've got to uh, i mean are we all familiar with the uh, richard kawasaki's you know rich dad poor dad are you familiar with that book i'm familiar with the book but i know there's some uh, square grid if you talk people through yeah. it just in case so you've got you've got the cash flow quadrant which is what he talks about and um it it, it is um, in the top left hand corner you're just in a job in the bottom left hand corner you may be a, a tradesman where you are trading your time for money still, but it is your own business. In the top right-hand corner, you have got a business where you've put some systems in place and you may have a couple of employees, um, but you're still having to control the systems. And then down in the bottom right-hand corner, you are then passive income. And obviously what we're trying to get to, what we're all trying to get to as property investors is that bottom passiveness. But what people get stuck at is the is the bottom uh, left-hand corner, you're stop, you, you've got, you've just traded your time for another job, and to get, they don't haven't even got to the top right-hand corner, which is a business with systems. So the thing you need to do to scale is to have systems. And I've heard so many people say, "Oh, we need to have systems," but actually, there is uh, very few people out there um, identifying what systems you can do just to grow a little bit. And you can really improve your business by just putting in systems. Now we are a, you uh, know, we, we are the only shared accommodation business, I believe, in the UK. Although I am willing to be um, 
put right on this that has been accredited with the green mark because we put the environment at the heart of everything that we do and part of that is that we are completely paperless now we have no paper we have no filing cabinets we have no shelves we have nothing we are completely paperless now that takes systems it takes thinking about how you're going to set your business up to do it and once you've got used to it it is so simple and it's so good and everybody that looks and sees what we do they'll go but that's so obvious (laughs) (laughs) we doing that but you can't scale until you've got that and once you have got very simple things in in process you can then collaborate when you can collaborate you can have joint ventures which means you can grow better so it's all about the systems I love that and I love that it's about the environment and your paperless. I think there's just so much bullshit paper in property, you know, from lenders, from citizens. And it's just like, this definitely does not need to be on a tree. This can just be on my screen. So I think it's awesome. And I think many others should follow what you're doing and, and you know, become paperless. It's just more efficient as well. Um Makes sense, right? It's much easier for collaboration. You know, we've got a couple of joint ventures and it's so much easier for for collaboration because you can just share Google folders with people and they've got all the the details there. You don't need bits of paper. You don't need them. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, on on the kind of systemizing note, one thing I struggle with and I, I guess I sort of find it hard to make tangible is that Okay, so systems. I'm a property investor. I'm buying houses. Obviously, you understand that, and all my listeners do. So, you, we all know what our, you know what our days look like. Could you give me some tangible examples of systems that we could implement, just so it makes it more real and more like, ah, that's what you mean. Oh yeah, of course. So um, when we do, I say we. It's not me because I'm not the numbers person. I'm I'm the the, the creative side. David is the numbers because he's the accountant. So when we have our rent roll. Uh, it, the accountancy, accountancy software automatically produces invoices that is then automatically reconciled with our bank account because it's all there. And all he has to do, he takes 10 minutes just to check that everybody has paid their rent. And literally within 10 minutes, we can check our rent roll for all of our properties. And it's all systemized. It's all down there. We don't have to do anything. Hmm. Okay. And then, you know, when it comes to systemizing, obviously this this varies from example to example, but is it a case of it's going to take a bit of work, a bit of training, a bit of time up front, but then what it saves you is worth it? Completely. It takes it takes time to consider what what you can systemize because you would be surprised what you can. And it takes time if you have got new employees or, or we've got some viewing managers. We don't employ them. They're, you know, they're self-employed. But it has taken time to, uh, empl- uh, to to train them how we want them to do things and for all of our systems because the two systems that they need access to. But now they've got it. You know, they've got it. All we have to do is have review meetings with them and just see how things uh, are going. We don't have to constantly reinvent the wheel all of the time. Mm. And I think that is maybe something that people not struggle with, but they maybe it's an excuse like oh we're gonna have to you know 
put all this time in now, we haven't got the time now, but it pays but it, dividends, right? It saves so much time. So one of the things that I've done just um, recently is um, we use GoTenant as, as a systemized, and that is absolutely brilliant. So if I've sent out the Equisalf Manager, I send out the AST to my new tenant, I then send a, an email to them with, um, like, welcome to your new house. This is when you're going to move in. This is the viewing manager. We'll see you there. This is their number if you need to contact them. This is the bank account where everything's got to go to. And, you know, and it's just all that sort of information. Now, what I've done is produced a template and all I do is is put open up that template and then send that as an email and fill it in. Now, it took me a few minutes to write that template, but now it saves time. I don't have to stop and think about what I've actually got to send to these people. It's all there. Mm. So it takes seconds to do that, whereas it would have taken 15 minutes to to think about what I had to do and collect all the information and then send it off. I like that. I like that. And it's, yeah, it's that admin up front. But yeah, and, and I sort of have a similar thing to you where it just makes it so much easier because you're like, oh, here we go, boom, attached, done. And it's it's not even thought about like, oh, where's that file? Where's that? Where's where's that EPC? Um, so yeah, that makes sense. And then, you know, these are problems that, you know, you and me are talking about and people are listening and they're going to think, oh yeah, like, why haven't we done that? Why, we, why do you think that like, property people or I guess maybe business people in general don't sort of spot these things and don't do them as often as they probably should because they um, get too bogged down in the day-to-day runnings that they think they're working hard and what they need to do is this is why they're the 90-day the planning and I mean we do it monthly as well is so important because you if you imagine going in a helicopter above your business when you take time out you get a different perspective and then you realize where the bottlenecks are and how you can improve things. And if you spend, if you can spend 60 minutes a day working on your business, so to improve some of the systems or improve the way that you communicate or you do things, then you will have a much more efficient and effective business in the long run. And it's not just where am I going to be? What am I going to do? It's like, oh, how can I systemize this? Give yourself 60 minutes a day just to work on it. And everybody can spare that because you're still working in your business, on yeah. your business. And I think it's maybe it's like a mindset thing as well. That these tasks, they are still a vital part of your business that will make it better. But I think maybe it's a mindset where we're like, oh, but I'm not doing house stuff. I'm not doing a refill. I'm not. Yes. It, it, so it doesn't count. But actually it counts yeah. a lot. It does account. And this is why uh, when I do a talk, I ask everybody to put their hands up who's an entrepreneur and very few people normally put their hands up, which always surprises me because I said, if you're in property, surely you're an entrepreneurs and you're running businesses. Very few people see that they're running businesses. So, so you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think it's easy when you're sort of, especially if you're working like by yourself or with someone and your, your aim is to have a portfolio. I think it may be in a maybe a traditional kind of way of thinking as well it can be tough to separate and be like no hold on this is a business yeah completely now when you've got somebody and again this is well researched by the by harvard business review when you've got corporate people that give up their corporate life uh, or business people give up their corporate life and they go into having their own business when you're in corporate life it doesn't matter if you are the chairman the ceo the managing director all the way down a director manager cleaner you are all given tasks to do. You all have your 
priorities set and you are all given the tools with which to do those jobs suddenly when it's your own business you're the one setting the priorities you're the one designing the tasks and you're the one that have got to find the tools and that's why we fail because they they don't set the correct tasks or the priorities to those tasks Mm -hmm. okay amazing Beverly do you have any closing comments or any other advice you want to add to to every the, all the wisdom you've already given us oh closing comments i think planning is absolutely key um you've got to got to do your planning and tie in your plans really tightly to your values and the vision that you want to do it's then really easy to reverse engineer it your business and your life and to get where you want to go in life so for me this decade is all about wealth creation and so i we are doing everything to try and build our wealth now because we've done our we've done our rent to rents we're now in our purchasing stage so we've now changed our planning to now uh, be purchasing things so that we can have that wealth creation and we can get down to that bottom right hand quadrant and be more passive and I think we all want to get there and planning is the key. I love that. Um, you're also doing a free giveaway, which everyone loves, uh, of a sort of 15, 30 minute call with someone to kind of maybe talk through their business and see where they could do with some more planning or organization. Is that right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. 30 minute coaching call with me. So if you want to be with a chance of winning this, leave the Tej Talks podcast a review. Send me a message or an email or a DM with a screenshot of the review. And the first person to do it wins. Simple as that. Um, but if people do want to just sort of check out what you're doing anyway, is there a place that people can find you? Yes, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Facebook a lot. So please connect with me at LinkedIn uh, and you can find out what we are doing. Amazing. And I'll put your, the link to your profile in the show notes. Beverly, thank you so much for coming on the TED Talks podcast. Thank you very much, Tej. You take care. If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.